Hello, you're listening to Putting Up with Aaron Michael Marsh. Point. So since the last time I talked to you, you moved to Austin. Yeah, moved uh, here November 6th, I believe, was my first day in Austin. So the funny thing or crazy with this is I probably know 20 people that have moved to Austin. Yeah. You're the only one I've had on my podcast. You're the first person from That's Austin. That's crazy. And it's been like a year and a half since I did your podcast because yeah. I think you were on like episode 17 of mine and i just recorded episode 127 <laughs> exactly <laughs> and i've been doing them like weekly so it's not like i'm just you know busting yeah. out three a week or anything it's yeah it i'm on time. like episode 120 i think this is episode 127 exactly wow and that's crazy. yeah dude and um and i just noticed on facebook it was like two years ago you released this podcast and it was um, it wasn't you, it was a different one, but I was just right, like, I've been right. doing this for two years. I didn't even celebrate it. I didn't tell anybody. Yeah. I just kept releasing, but I want to hear about your journey from deciding to move to Austin. Cause I honestly thought five years ago you would move to LA. And I had thought about moving to LA and just, I don't know. I was just kind of a lazy alcoholic, I think mm-hmm. is what happened. And it just never went through with it. And then I just got content with just being in tucson and probably stayed several years longer than i should have thinking about it but probably dude i will confirm you stayed several years longer than right right at least i was in phoenix for a little while but that's it's you were and then you went back to arizona to become like the or tucson specifically to be a big fish in a small pond right and that was fun for a while one of the big takeaways that helped me comedically was i ran an open mic at this place, it was called the County Line Lounge and Grill. And then they got on Bar Rescue, which was kind of a disaster. And they changed it to the Billy Bar. And I ran that mic for like, I mean, there was a big break with COVID, but not counting. I mean, counting the break and everything. It's like a year and a half. Sure. And there were times. Which I like, went to. Yeah, you, you went there too. Exactly. Yeah. So there were times where there was only like two or three comedians that were showing up because like they were just kind of opening things back up. They were staying open. Comics were still, you know, ear, like weary about going out and doing comedy. I went every week and sometimes I was doing like an hour mm-hmm. for just eight drunks at the bar bombing or doing well. It just helped me just become myself on stage more. Just like I can just talk about whatever the fuck I want for as long as I want, bring up a few comedians, talk some more. And after doing that for months, I'm like, I'm really becoming comfortable now. It's not more of just like a robotic set. I can use my good polished material and combine it with my like natural personality. For sure, dude. And I saw I saw a difference when I was watching you uh, when I went to Billy Bar. Then from right. when I even would saw you on Zoom or like before that, because I see you every couple of years. Right, right. And, but it was um, isn't it interesting? I want to point this out to the comedians that listen because some do. Is that you got comfortable and really truly got into your own in front of a bar of people that could just turn their back. Right. It's not that you got comfortable once somebody discovered you and put you in front of hundreds of people. And then six months into hundreds of people in front of you every night, you got comfortable. It was in a situation where you could have said, I guess I'll just do the same thing every week. And nobody would have stopped you. Right. Right. And I think that's awesome. I think that's super cool. I think hosting my own bar shows out here kind of did the same for me. Cause I hosted one, wore myself down. 
And then I hosted a different one. I was like, I'm not going to wear myself down. I'm going to challenge myself. Right. Yeah, I think that's a good thing for comedians to do is at some point run a show for a little while. Yeah. You know. Well, also, you're not going to achieve your goals unless you set goals and actually go towards them. And no one's going to do that for you. No, that's the thing about comedy. It's all on you. Like no one's yeah. forcing us to keep going or stopping us from going anywhere if, you know, the right opportunity opens up. So it's all about just sticking with it. And, you know, just that's what me and Glendon were saying. Like, I mean, there is the term like making it, but I feel like kind of making it is just not quitting, too. That's a little that's an aspect of it. That's the first step of making it in anything. You right, start right. off bad at everything and then. You just don't quit long enough that you're not bad at it anymore. And then you don't quit long enough that you're good at it. And then you don't quit long enough that you're great at it. Right. Honestly, moving to Austin has made me realize how long I've been doing comedy because since Austin is like this new booming scene, it's attracting a lot of young comics. Like I would say a majority of the scene are all like two to five years in. Jesus. So I'm like. And headlining these people. Yeah, no, they are. <laughs> But I, every comic I meet has been doing it, like I said, four years, five years. I, there's only a handful of people that have been doing it longer than I have that I've come into contact with. And yeah. I'm, I'm at 10 and a half years, which and is long. There? I'm doing pretty good now. It took a little it took a little while. So my car got totaled by a drunk driver. Oh, no. December 1st. I signed up at an open mic and I saw that it didn't start for an hour. So I'm like, I'm going to go do more Uber Eats delivery. Post. Yeah, exactly. And my car got pulverized by a Dodge pickup truck, completely totaled, <sighs> fucked up my back a little bit. I had to go to the chiropractor, do all this shit. I didn't have a car for a month. Mm. And I really don't know enough people out here have the money to Uber everywhere. So I literally didn't do stand up for like a few weeks and was just sitting around mm. kind of depressed about it and eventually i got a new car and things turned around and i turned it into a bit too um you know the whole car accident you have to um so yeah that was kind of a i guess it's a minor setback now looking at at the time it felt like just like everything worse yeah that's one of my favorite i listen to it like uh barry katz's podcast and he always asks people to talk about a time that they thought life was falling apart and it turned out to be a blessing Right. Yeah. Uh, I can think back to other things in yeah. my life where I could say that too. But I also, I think about all the time when things don't go my way, you know, like, and I, which is the whole point of why he does it is you go, Hey, this doesn't have to be the end all, you know, like just cause your car died doesn't mean your career died. You right. didn't die clearly. You're like, so I can bounce back as hard as I want to. Right. And I kind of like that against not like against all odds, but there's it's fun, like having like a chip on your shoulder or motivating yourself. Like I like that. Get yourself up off the ground type mentality. For sure. Um, I want to give Tony Hinchcliffe some credit in your move. Right. How right. much how much credit would you give Tony Hinchcliffe? A little bit, because I had been thinking about moving anyway. I actually was mm -hmm. going to move to either here, Austin or Nashville both good cities good cities and i had a lot of fun in nashville and i was there for like four days and i was just having really good sets like austin is hit or miss like i can have good sets bad sets it's, it's comedy mm -hmm. but i was in nashville and it was just like four days in a row i'm just having these killer sets i really like this the city the layout i did uber eats best tips i've ever gotten in my life i'm like nashville might nice. be the move yeah 
and then I decided on Austin just because I feel like more is happening here. Yeah. And um, it was well, it was just- kind of kismet what happened a couple weeks before you got there. You're visiting. I'm trying yeah. to set this up, the picture of this, and you go to see Kill Tony, a show that you've loved for years. Yeah, yeah. But they pull names out of a bucket, and hundreds of people sign up, and only like 50 people right. get pulled. So your chances are not good. Right. But they pulled your name out of the bucket. Because they thought I was a, a female, because they get to this point in the show most weeks that they don't come across like a, a female name. They're like, let's get a lady up here. And mm-hmm. they start rifling through names, and they're just like, Ali Musa. And then they see I'm clearly not you know, mm-hmm. a female and they still put me on stage and it, it went well. And they fucking went killer, dude. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah. I watched it and I was just like, go, go, go. It was like watching the Seahawks destroy the, the Broncos. Cause it was like within five seconds you had them. And right. then you didn't let loose on them. You didn't hold back and go, I got those first five seconds. You just went ahead and just killed the whole minute. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, you were like announced you're moving to Austin. I was like, yeah, of course. You want to ride this momentum. You want to see the momentum play out now that this happened. Right, right. And I chose that bit because when I was just waiting outside, I had because I'd done that Ben Shapiro joke a couple times throughout just Mm -hmm. open mics and shows in town. And I had like three comedians compliment me on that. So in my head, I just switched. I was going to do two other really short jokes. And then I just switched to my head. I was like, if I do happen to get called up, I'm going to try that. And mm-hmm. I did. So. Have you been on Kill Tony since? Yeah, one other time. How'd it go? It still went pretty well. Um, I did a completely different joke. And it's great. Yeah, it was. And I i don't go every week now because it just gets, it burns you out going every week. And I'm just like, I could go, do, I could hit, I could get booked on a show and hit two or three open mics. I could really be busy. And then. The, I remember you know, that day in my life small percentage of getting on after like five or six weeks in a row of not getting on. I'm just like, I need to utilize these Monday nights better because there's so much more stage time. Yeah. The reality of how of your statistics hit you. Um, But Tony's got a great memory. Did he remember you? He did. Yeah. He remembered. Yeah. He even said the same thing, how I look like the villain in the movie ghost. I was like, you said that last (laughs) time. Yeah, well, he's like, you still do, probably, right? Like, that's... Right, right. Dude, that's fantastic. And then do you see him around town ever? Sometimes. Um, well, I did the secret show, and he he does that every week. He pops in and does that. Mm-hmm. And other than that, he's mostly just at Vulcan and then on the road doing yeah. his own thing yeah, with course. Joe Rogan. Vulcan used to be just a just a venue where they'd have mostly music. And now it's just been taken over by comedy. I remember when Vulcan was a music place and it was a popular. It, if you look band. at their calendar, it's like almost all stand up now. Like they, Oh no. Been- I, yeah. I saw, I've noticed that it's just become a stand up club and, but they have everybody who comes through. It seems like they, they sell out that part room. of doing Joe's show is doing the Vulcan on the way in town. Yeah. And uh, Rogan does these like Tuesday, Wednesday night, like Joe Rogan and friends things. And they sell out in like 10 minutes and yeah, on a weekly basis. And Ron White shows up and Tim Dillon. And it's just like, yeah, all of his Austin cronies. The ones he said he was going to build a club for. He didn't build the club and said he just took over one. Right. And then he's still on like the podcast I do occasionally listen to. He's always just like, I can't say anything about it, but it's opening soon. And like no one knows anything because it's switched locations like twice, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then 
now everyone thinks it's going to open in this one area, but I walk by it and it looks condemned like as of like two days ago. So I'm like, unless they're really killing it on the inside and keeping it a secret on the outside, there's no way that's the location. So dude, I, I have no idea. I have no inside word on any of that, but we all know money's not the deterrent. It's whatever he can just do. Right. And a cap city is supposed to be opening like tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah. So cap city closed as everyone knows, which I live right across the street from actually. So there's just this empty, comedy club that i drive by every single day and i'm like that would have been so, there was so a point convenient where, like you're sitting there without a car and you're like living across from a comedy club that's closed right yeah <laughs> it's like sim- symbolic almost but uh they're opening and it's still pretty close it's in this place called the domain which is this giant huge complex it's like a, a shopping mall almost but just they apartment sell websites? buildings what's that do they sell websites <laughs> they should shit <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's supposed to open like, like I said, I think it said March 5th, which is tomorrow. That's great. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to get opportunity there. Yeah, for sure. Um, would you say you've had more opportunities since you've arrived in Austin? Yeah, it took a little while, but ever since like, you know, the whole car accident deal and then, just being seen on certain showcases, having good sets. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I've been getting booked on things. I've been on like, you know, three or four shows a week now. And, Dude, that's awesome. And then hitting open mics too. So hell, I try not yes. to get in my head because for a while I'm just like questioning, you know, the way. Yeah, that's part of what I love right. about it. Every time right, I right. Hockey, comedy just humbles the hell out of me. Oh, man. But then I come back and I'm like, no, but on stage, I want to be cocky. Like, I right, do. right. Exactly. It's about exuding confidence, you know, like just because you're you. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's, uh, there's a club here that I like called the Creek and cave. Yeah. That's a very Which, famous. I mean, it was a famous New York club that closed that reopened. It right. They moved ship here. And then I think Shane Gillis did his special there. That was, that released. sounds right. I also yeah. would be surprised if Tim Dillon spends a lot of time there. Yeah. Uh, Tim Dillon's weird. He like moved out of Austin and just, bashed the city which was hilarious to me like the shit he was saying was really funny but he's still here all the time and says he still has a house here and uh, he'll just out of nowhere he'll be here again yeah uh, i know he's mostly la again now well the reason i said that specifically was because he was also a new york guy and it was a new york club so i assumed he had the relationship because it's the same people who ran it in new york right right so when you first got to austin were you like, this is more or less hipster than Tucson? Because I think Tucson is so hipster. Um, I don't know. It's just like a bigger hipster. It's probably. I would say one thing to Austin is like the hipster capital. But in my mind, I'm like hipster I origins think, kind of started in our area. I think per capita Tucson is more hipster. If we're talking like hipster. Oh, take that Tucson. Right, right. I don't know if that's a compliment, but I mean, I think it is. If we're talking about the origins and who has more yeah. and started it or did it first, I, I think Tucson. Yeah, bragging rights to Tucson. I think so. It's just not big enough for people to know that. Right. It's not. Dude, just when people bring me on stage as being from Tucson or if I mention Tucson in my act, everyone just thinks Tucson is like the biggest shithole in the world. Have you ever gotten that? Like, yeah, just the. Uh, I, I mean, it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's funny though, but I'm just like, man, they have a horrible reputation. 
Yeah, no, Tucson's reputation is so much worse than it deserves. It really, I'm just like, it's not that bad. And then every time comics who are from LA or from just anywhere, they go and do laughs. They fucking mm-hmm. love it. They go downtown. They fucking love it. They go out yeah. to eat. They fucking love it. And they're like, Tucson is great. And I'm like, I know you would never guess that. Based but I on would the say reputation. 10 years ago, Tucson was hurting. Tucson was a little, it was getting a little shittier. Oh my God. They fixed the down. And it they took bounced them- back. Oh, it looks so different than when I left. So different. Like I think they, I rem- they, no, yeah, they, they did that in like 2013, 2012. Yeah, exactly. When they really just renovated and just redid the whole downtown, like they must have put millions of dollars into it. It looks so much better now. I remember in like 2009, I was living in Tucson. I was walking down Fourth Avenue and somebody was driving um, northbound on Fourth Avenue. Mm-hmm. And they were like, they pulled over and like, excuse me, where's your downtown? <laughs> and I was like, oh, dude, this is like it. Right. And then it was like, just this street. And I was like, pretty much um there's more down congress and like we just came from congress and it was like it's a lot of closed businesses and then there's just like a couple random things i was like yeah that's what we got we got like eight open businesses that we all go to right and they were just like your town sucks and i was like thank you you know like oh my god yeah but i get it i get if they're coming from a big city why they would say such a thing but also there's no way to miss it now they drove through the heart of it and missed it Right. I mean, yeah, it was rough back in like the early 2000s. It was just like a few places to go to downtown. Like, yeah, there's almost like before and after Mr. Heads. You know, I mean, yeah, that was before Mr. Heads. Yeah, before because Mr. Heads started in like 2011 or 2010. Like, yeah, it was like remember when, that- when the comedy started, it was like very new. Yeah, that building may have may have been before that fire. Because the patio area was a building, yeah, that caught fire, and then they just demolished it and turned the patio. It was like a paint store or something. It was a print store. A print store, okay. It literally had a print press in the window, as if like they were going to make an 1850s newspaper. Right, right. God, even so for that then, place, that was outdated. Yeah, and then when it caught fire, I was like, there must be so much paper in there. Right. <laughs> like no wonder it just caught fire. Oh my god. So what are you going to do with all your Austin-ness, dude? You going to buy a hat? A Stetson? I don't know, man. I should. Austin's a weird city, man. And there's so many different... I mean, like, it's famously keep Austin weird is the slogan. Famously keep Austin weird. And there's... You're just like in... Because like, I do deliveries a lot. So I'm in like the mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre boonies, dead trees, fucking cabin looking houses weird people and then within 10 minutes i'm at an heb and it's just like wait a second you ever go to a gas station that's selling barbecue yes there's so many like half of the food that's sold here is sold out of food trucks and vans and the side of gas stations like i pick up food from them all the fucking time so that's just real it's absolutely real like i would say i don't know about a, a giant portion. I would say 40% of the food that's sold and eaten in Austin comes out of a vehicle. <laughs> I thought you were going to say uh, sold from letter, Leatherface. From Leatherface, right? Yeah, he's just selling food to everybody. There should be a Leatherface-themed restaurant here. 
oh my god yeah there should be Leatherface's barbecue like a tomorrow. chain even yeah a barbecue there should be a barbecue right. chain. there's so much barbecue out here the one place that i've had that's really good i get joe rogan kind of ruined it because he talked it up Plugged on it. his podcast so now it's like an hour wait any day of the week no matter when you go if you go on the weekends you're not getting in unless you just want to waste your whole fucking isn't night. that funny that joe rogan's like i'm gonna make these guys life better but it's made it so inconvenient for him to now just show up right right i know he probably can just go through the back and get what he wants but uh well, even the employees, it's just like now we're, we're making the same money, but we're working 10 times harder. Yeah. My, I still work eight hours a day, stranded. but now I have to do all this extra fucking work because there's 7,000 people here. Yeah. And even the owners who are like, if your business expands that fast, it's stressful because like barbecue, you make like for 12 hours. Right, right. You have to find a whole nother property to like make more meat. Right. Up. Yeah. It takes so long to smoke meat like that and just mass produce it. But I mean, but also good for them. There's blessings in that curse. Yeah, they're killing it because every time I've gone, it's just like a huge it's like a Disneyland ride length of a line. And yeah. except the ride is just the meat sweats. Right, right. <laughs> Do you get the meat sweats? I've gotten them before. Yeah, you love them? Yeah. Eh, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to love. I know. It's not a good feeling. But so, yeah, it's um, uh it's a weird city, very diverse, super liberal too, which is confusing because it's Texas, but it's just like it's a blue city and like a red state, damn. I guess. That's what I that's how I describe Tucson and Bisbee. Right, yeah, yeah. They're absolutely. two blue cities in one giant red state, and it's like you just hope that they can have some power in there from it. Right, right. All right. Before uh, we leave, Ollie, mm-hmm. I want you to to tell me who you think is going to win prediction ukraine or russia ukraine or russia i guess russia i mean they're they're russia i don't want them to win i'm just saying that if i had to put money on who is going to win i mean i've been looking at the news lately it looks like a lot of shit's getting blown up and yeah no for sure but we have three alive james bonds you know right right Three That's alive it. James Bond. That's all we need, dude. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I mean. That's what we that. should. We, we need an Expendables like movie where it's all the James Bonds, the actors going into Russia to stop it all, except they're just actors, you know, like that Nick Cage movie where they're like, no, I'm not James Bond. I'm just Pierce Brosnan. That's hilarious. What movie was that? Um, It just came out and I don't know what it's called, but Nick Cage plays Nick Cage and they think he's his character's. Dude, Nick Cage has been doing some weird shit over the last few years. It's the best. It's he just he's lost his mind. I don't know if he needs money, but I watched one on Shutter. It was a Shutter exclusive, and it was I don't even remember the name of it, but it was so fucking weird. It was like a Western samurai Japanese horror action, like every genre just bled together, and it was so bad that it was kind of fun. Yeah, it's like he's making movies just for Reddit. Yeah, it looked it was just like a, it. a prank, the whole movie. Oh, dude, I love all of it. I want to watch it now. Shutter yeah, is a so, service I should have and I don't. Yeah, I just I figured out a way to just keep getting free trials through different emails. So really? I've done that. I've done that for a while. You heard it here first, guys. 
you can use all of Ollie's old emails. Right. Wait, right. So you just create emails like every month. Yeah. And then I have people that follow my streaming that will just send me their email and just to sign in and they all sign up for the 30 days, like after <laughs> it's almost ending. And we've just been watching series on there and just. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. The internet's the best. It is the best. Yeah, if anybody wants to help me steal, I don't I don't even know what. I have all the streaming services, I feel like. I guess Shutter. If anyone wants to help me stream Shutter, let me know. There you go. All right, buddy. Thank you very much. You want to plug anything on the way out? Plug your podcast. Oh, yeah. My podcast is called... Ollie Musa, I was rude. I did. I cut off his podcast name because I thought it was funny to be a dick. I I'll promote it right now in a second. But that's Ollie Musa. You can find him on Instagram at Ollie underscore Musa, and his podcast is called the Ollie USA Show. I'm sorry, the Ollie USA Podcast. And if you look up Ollie Musa, which I did right now on my uh, my what is it? Where my Apple podcast that where i listen to podcasts is the apple itunes app i just looked up ollie musa it's the first thing that comes up ollie usa podcast boom 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 and if you're in austin go ahead look him up in austin go see go see him uh he was the big fish in the little pond in tucson he was so good and now he's really good in austin and he was he's crushing out there so go see ollie musa before it costs money to see ollie musa that's my plug for him uh same goes for me Come see me. More and more of my shows are becoming paid shows. You're getting less and less opportunities to see me free. And the good news about that is I've only been getting better and better. I think I'm at, that's the reason it's starting to cost money now. I started to get good. And if you guys have listened to me over the two years of my podcast, I never quite felt like I was good. And I actually feel that now. And so, boom. Also, if you are in Los Angeles, I started an open mic. So, open mics out here in Los Angeles when I first moved here were free. And now, almost all of them cost $5. And it's hard to keep up. I don't know how brand new comics do it. Because I knew when I was going to open mics, I didn't have any money. And now I have a little bit of money, but I still can't afford to like do 20 mics in a week like some of you guys do. So everyone's like, we need a free pod, we need a free uh, open mic. So I started one at Third Wheel on Mondays at 8 p.m. And... Uh, last week I gave everyone seven minutes because there was not that as many people showing up and I will get as many people on as I can and it will always be free. I do not know what I'm going to call it yet, but it's doing another one. I mean, by the time you listen to this, it will have already happened, but every Monday, 8 PM, you can do an open mic that I host here in Los Angeles. And you know what? If you tell me you listen to my podcast, you get an extra minute. And if you tell me that every week, I'll give you an extra minute every week. How about that? So keep telling me that. Keep getting your extra minute. Boom. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Uh, next week, I have Frank Powers. Frank Powers has been a friend of mine for uh, 10 years at least. Oh, my God. Longer than that. 15 years? 20 years? 18 years? I've known Frank Powers forever. And, and I've wanted him on this podcast the entire time. But his personality is so electric, I was like, it's not an interview. You just got to ask Frank one question, and he just goes, and you can just let him go, and it's always fun. But the great news about that is 
You can ask him a question. He just goes, and it's fun, and it's great, and it's easy, and it's enjoyable. And that's what we have next week. We have Frank Powers coming on the podcast. Excited. The interview's already done. It was a great interview. I loved it. We talked for an hour afterwards. It was just as good. We, I mean, I could have cut that up into four episodes, and you guys would have loved all of it. Uh, unfortunately, I only uh, did the first part, but it's great. You guys are going to love it. And if you're a wrestling fan, he tells us where Seth Rollins gets his suits from. So we get that. Um uh, Yeah, so guys, thank you very much for listening, and thank you for putting up with me.